I feel like if I've disappointed you, fine, I, I, I won't ask you to pay for my work. Now, that being said, we hold a very high standard for our crew, so our guys know that, you know, slow down and get it right. If you want more home pro success, go join our Facebook group. More tips, more insight, more collaboration with contractors all around the world. We're going to put the link below this podcast player, so wherever you're listening to it, look below the description and the links in the show notes there. We'll link right to the Facebook group. Go join in. I look forward to seeing you in there. In today's episode, I've got Bob Bird, an insulation contractor, joining me on the show, and we talk a lot about his risk reversal strategy or process that he uses to sell more jobs and also how he operates without taking deposits. And I think he shares a really unique perspective on this because so often we're like, make our clients give us deposits to indicate that they're serious. He does the total opposite. He doesn't require a deposit from any of his clients. And he shares with us his experiences doing just that for 19 years. Let's jump into it. Bob, welcome to the Home Pro Success Show. Thank you, Corey. It's great to be a part of the group today. Awesome, man. So I know you've been in business a long time because a few weeks ago in the group, we ran a poll saying, you know, how long you've been in business bracketed off and you were up there. You were at 20 or 30 years in business, right? Yes. 19, actually. 19 years. Okay. We'll we'll round that up and let it slide to 20. (laughs) I like rounding up, except on my age. Yeah. Except on your age and except on your uh, income taxes. (laughs) Oh, don't round up on on my income either. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) so 19 years ago how did you get started oh my gosh that's the cinderella story that's the story that everybody loves to hear i'd been in the ministry my family and i vocationally for 21 years and we burned out we'd been up in the mountains working with the the appalachian folks and we just got wore out and tired so consequently i needed something else to do And I wanted to do it as a family. We have four children and always been a family man. We did everything as a family in the ministry. And consequently, we came back to our our Atlanta neighborhood here. And I started, you know, looking for something to do. So I was walking down the aisle at Home Depot and I saw all this stacked up insulation in that free machine sitting there. If you've ever seen it, they'll give you the machine for 24 hours if you'll buy 20 bags of insulation. And the whole business plan popped into my head in a nanosecond, just like that. Said, boom, I got to be an insulation contractor. (laughs) Well, yeah, that wasn't a childhood dream or anything, (laughs) but I had read a financial newsletter some years back that said there's three keys to job security. And one of those keys was do something so miserable that people would gladly pay you to do it for them. <laughs> and yes. I'm not kidding. That's what all popped right through my mind. And I'd been doing that helping people, you know, that was our ministry was just helping these folks, the poorest of the poor. And so I knew I could cash flow that as a business. Gotcha. So just like that, you started Bird insulation. So for the, those of you guys out there listening, we kind of overstepped that exactly what Bob does, but he does insulation work. Interior comfort control, am I kind of pegging you right? Why don't you tell us a little bit more about like specifically what you guys do? Yeah, sure. Well, when we started out, it was just bumping up attics, which is a, a term we kind of came up with. And we would homeschool there in the mornings and go out in the afternoons, knock on doors with my two oldest kids. And who can resist, you know, a 12-year-old and her eight-year-old brother, you know, my daddy can get your home comfortable with more insulation in the attic. And that's literally how we sold this business for the first few years. 
and saved up our money and actually were able to buy a legitimate machine instead of using that free one at Lowe's. But we, it all started by bumping up the attic insulation using cellulose insulation. It's evolved down to a lot more services than just that. But that's still our, our core is insulation. We use spray foam, we use cellulose, and then we also close up crawl spaces, you know, put, seal them up with strong vapor barriers and so forth and insulate the foundation walls with our spray foam. We also balance heating and air ducts. We'll seal ducts. We do all the diagnostic testing, pressure testing ducts, redesigning them for getting more airflow into problematic rooms, zones that are, you know, in, in contrast to one another, they don't match the thermostat. Yeah. So we do, we fix the houses that uh, nobody else really wants to mess with. And that's what's given us such a huge niche here in our market. Yeah. So, so you bootstrapped this thing. How long were you operating with the Home Depot loaner machine before you actually got your own? At least a year. Oh, wow. So, and at that point, all your customers, you know, you were knocking on doors, making things happen that way. Yes. And I knew uh, this was in, oh, this was, well, we, uh, we did our first attic, first two attics in 99. So yeah, this was, uh, I saw the internet coming and I knew I needed a website, but little by little, we built that and started marketing you know, just organically with SEO and that launched. But yeah, we were, we were using Lowe's. They built a Lowe's on our side of the interstate. So I didn't have to fight with the Home Depot traffic. And (laughs) I would go in there and I'd say, now I need that machine next Monday, Tuesday and Thursday. So you can't rent it out to anybody or loan it out. And they'd say, well, Mr. Bird, we can't promise you that machine is going to be here. So I went on up the scale, up the ladder at Lowe's, and they put four machines in my Lowe's store just to make sure I always had one because they knew I was running a business out of that store. Wow, that is, that's awesome. You almost never hear something like that. So yeah, that is, that's incredible there. And how long was it before you guys really started getting traction? So what I'm hearing is ultimately you, you, know, you got a website online and that kind of propelled things. Yeah, I'd say two years. The first two years, it was still both my children and myself. And then after that, we got our first employee. Mm -hmm. So first employee, about two years in. How many people do you have working for you now out there? As of today, nine. Nine? There's nine of of them out there. And roughly how many jobs do you guys do a year? I'm not very familiar with the insulation space, so I don't know, know how many. Well, how big are the projects? I mean, are you going for... Say, are these like what I'm thinking in my head is one home, five to 10 grand, or are they more? Are you guys doing more like commercial type of work? No, we're strictly residential. Great question. Strictly residential. I never felt confident enough to get hooked up with a builder because I wasn't familiar with the codes. And I believe that was just a way of God protecting us, insulating us from having to chase money, getting hooked up with builders that wouldn't pay their bills and all that, those entanglements with the code enforcement people. And secondly, which I didn't realize was happening at the time, Corey, but nobody wanted to work for homeowners. Back in that period, the market was hot on fire and everybody wanted builders. Nobody was encouraging me to do what I was doing. I didn't get any encouragement until I reached out to the people that were making the insulation. They had a 1-800 number on the wrapper, you know, on that bale of insulation. And I'd call, I called them and that's how I got some extra machines in my local Lowe's store. But they just couldn't believe I was running a legitimate business off of that little loaner. It's about the size of a kitchen trash can, you know? 
Yeah. <laughs> but that's what I was doing. And they sent down a big $100,000 rig that they were taking to Florida. And U.S. Green Fiber was the company. And they, they called me and said, Bob, you got a job one day next week? We're going to coordinate having this truck on one of your job sites. We want you to see how this stuff's really done. And I, I was amazed. I said, well, how much is that going to cost me? They said, no, no, there's no charge. We just want you to see the potential. And I couldn't believe it. And so Chris House showed up with a cigar that was easily the size of my shoe. And that thing was in his mouth. He was, and we had the best time, Chris House showing me that machine, but, and we blew that at it in like an hour and 15 minutes. It would have taken me two days with that, that little 110 yeah. volt machine. But that's like, how wow. we got, got launched out. Yeah. Got launched out into this and I'm still commit, still a cellulose guy. So I'm guessing that right there, when you've seen it go from two days to an hour and 15 minutes, you're like, I need one of those. I need one of those. And how much did it cost? Because I only work for homeowners. I don't have time messing around with these builders. You know, they turned around and said, U.S. Green Fiber said, if you'll just commit to us to always use cocoon cellulose insulation, we'll build out a rig for you. I think it was like $6,000. I couldn't believe it. I had that. We'd already saved that up in North Carolina. So they said, just get your truck to North Carolina. And I had an old potato chip truck that I was using and I put a lift gate on it, hydraulic lift gate to hold my little generator. And off I drove to Wilmingham, North Carolina, and they built that rig out for me. And it was beautiful. I'm still using that same equipment. Wow. And I mean, that's, I mean, that's incredible for efficiency. They're going from two days down to an hour and 15 minutes at that point. I mean, that's, that's just incredible. I mean, that, that's like reducing it by like 90% or maybe not 90. I think the math on maybe, yeah, close it's to even 90%. more than that. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's so it's exponentially, it's just off the chart. You know, you're not using that little bitty old 110 volt. It's ridiculous. It's just for, I bet you would have went back. I bet you wish that you would have went back two or three years at that point and got one right from day one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a debt-free guy, so <laughs> that you know that is one way to look at it. Uh, you know, and I, I think that's incredibly powerful there. Yeah, so there there's something to be said for that. I operate the same way, you know. But in hindsight, there were definitely some things that you know, if I could go back and you know do again, I would have spent a little bit more up front. But hey, hindsight is always twenty twenty, you know. So you can never you never overcome that. So it sounds like you carved out a niche there, kind of that's the mid 2000s where everybody's, you know, the building booms going on. Everybody's trying to get all these big contracts. Hey, we want the Centax and Lenars of the world. You know, we go in there, we don't have to deal with the homeowner blowing these attics real quick and easy. Boom, boom, boom. And you're going for the, for the actual homeowners at this point. So that's going. And then, you know, how are you getting sales at that point? Tell us about that. I mean, cause you know, what, what are the pain points, I guess? Why are these people calling you? Because I will say, admittedly, you are in a difficult trade, at least my with my expertise as a marketer. You're in one of the difficult trades to generate business, or maybe you disagree with me. No, I wouldn't disagree with you. I've just never thought of it as being a difficult trade. If you're not comfortable and you're, t- you're sick and tired of the heat and air guy saying, there's nothing wrong with your air conditioner, I'm the next guy they always reach out to. I just have to be there. And in the old days, you know, it was the yellow pages. And, and then we started seeing that the internet was coming up and I jumped on that. I mean, I was a very early adopter with the internet, found a guy in Kentucky with a website that I really liked. And, and I have enough moxie to know I wanted my website to generate leads. So I called around for months and months 
there weren't too many installation type websites of the day back then. But I found a guy in Kentucky who was a plumber and he said that they were, his website was generating leads every day. I said, can I have the name of the guy that built your site? I want him to build one for me doing insulation. And that's how I got my first site. And I went from there to a WordPress site. I read a, bought a book, read a book on WordPress and built it myself. And I used it up to four years ago and it was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. So what year was it that you actually, you know, went and made the kind of jump online? Because you, you had to be one of the first adopters of it. I was very much an early adopter online. Very much so. When was that? That would be like 04. 04, yeah. So, so quite early still there. Dial so, up and all that probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it could have been 03. That, that, was, that was quite early. Mostly dial up nearly for everyone. I know at that time I had dial up still. Yeah. So that's what it was. And, you know, kind of going, going forward there again, you're getting the homeowners and stuff. How did the, uh, this is something I don't really get into talking about with most people because most haven't been in business this long. It's been that long ago, but how did the housing bust affect you guys? Was that, I mean, obviously that must've been a difficult time. There was no matter what business you were in, there's a radical cliff that everybody, you know, kind of ran across. It did hurt me, but not nearly as bad as anyone else. And I, especially in our field, the guys that were all connected to builders, of course, went under. Yeah. Because ultimately what happens is the builders can't pay that final bill. Not only that, but they've got no work anyways, you know, coming up. So if you're relying entirely on builders, the people that were paying you, your bills cannot pay your bills and they're out and you're out. So that's how I see that. So I think, yeah, you did better than most there, right? Oh, oh yes. It didn't really hurt me. I'll tell you, we, we had reached out to the low income weatherization folks and offered my crew to them. And they jumped on it. If you're familiar with low-income weatherization, it's it's federally funded program of the Department of Energy. In every county, in every state of the United States has this program. I didn't know about it. My pastor handed me a flyer one day and said, and they were offering business advice. I called and while I was on hold, they were listing all the stuff they do and they mentioned weatherization. And I thought, well, I bet that includes insulation. You know, I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> and so I hung up, I called, all I would ever get was voicemail. So finally, back in the, this was the day of the fax machines, Corey, I printed, typed up a little fax, I introduced who I was. I installed cellulose insulation. If you ever get in a bind, fall behind, I'm offering my crew to you. I'm happy to help in any way. And about two weeks later, I get a phone call and he says, Mr. Bird, I'd like to give you six houses and I said, well, how about I come down to your office and meet you? No, we don't need to meet. <laughs> I've made probably two or $300,000 from this agency and I'd never met the people before. Oh, wow. So uncanny. No contracts. My fax machine would, sit, would spit out half a dozen addresses. Go measure these attics and tell me what you'll charge me. So I'd call these homeowners. But anyway, we started doing that and I got a reputation for being a very productive contractor for these NGO groups. You know what an NGO is, non-governmental yeah. organization. Yep. And, and they were grossly inefficient. I'll just Naturally. pause for effect. Gro yeah. <laughs> grossly inefficient. And we were knocking out these houses and these agencies then started picking me up. And so that carried me. I, I just had an amazing run through the low income weatherization program to these agencies were then releasing their in-house crews and using bird exclusively. And it was just a, 
it's just been a, a story, a Cinderella story all through that. Yeah, that is that's incredible. At a time when everybody was struggling, you know, you made this one, made this kind of facts thing with the low income weatherization happen, and suddenly, boom, you're in business and doing they had quite a well. Fax number, yeah, on that rotating that that voicemail thing, and I wrote it down, and I thought, well, I'll just mail a fax over there. Maybe somebody will be looking at the fax machine because they sure didn't answer my phone calls. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how we, oh my gosh, we made millions in that program. Obama got elected and he dumped billions into the program. If you remember American yeah, reinvestment. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, so you're no longer doing this program. No, I got out of the program actually about two years into Obama's first term. It was so, it, I won't go into all those details, but it, it just wasn't, we weren't equally yoked anymore. It just didn't work out. Too many chiefs and not enough Indians. So way too many people in charge, way too many. Gotcha. Me. So at that point, it's going, you know, back to the residential customers and the homeowners. And I know one thing you do quite a bit differently here that I wanted to talk about is you don't take a deposit in general. When did that concept come up? When did you implement that into your actual sales process? And you call that risk reversal. And obviously, you know, the name kind of is self-explanatory there. And we'll cover that as we get into it. Did you always not require a deposit? Yeah, I've never asked for a deposit. You know, I'm not really buying expensive equipment or anything like that. It just made it. And here's what I've always told homeowners when they offer. I've told them, if you'll trust me to work in your beautiful home, I can trust you to pay my invoice. Probably three quarters of all my homeowners are never even home when I'm doing the work. They just open their home to me. They're, it's just uncanny. Bob, here's my gate code. Here's the garage door code. Text me when your guys are finished. The check is on the kitchen counter. Or Savannah has my card info. Is there anything else? It's just, you know, we brand ourselves with our family. And people just love that. And it's in, inherently psychologically, it seems trustworthy to them to trust their home to us. So I've always felt like, okay, if you're going to trust me with your home, I'll trust you to pay my invoice. That's awesome. I like that. If you're going to trust me with your home, we'll trust you to pay our pay your invoice or pay my invoice, depending on who's saying this or, or what tense of language we're using there. So is that something is that something you actively advertise? Do the customers know that before they, you know, request an estimate from you or how does that go? It's in a FAQ page on our website and and so forth, but no, I don't lead with it. I don't lead with the no deposit. I do lead with the risk reversal. Okay, so explain more of that to me. Well, the risk reversal simply says you must be enthusiastically satisfied with your experience with bird family insulation or I won't give you an invoice. Uh, okay, so so that's the that's the risk reversal, and you back that up by saying, you know, literally, you're not going to get an invoice because you're not even going to get a deposit. That's correct. I, and you know, I've only had one person where I've actually well, now I've had two in 19 years, but I had another one just this year. But I've you know only twice in you know in 19 years have I had to absorb that cost. Both of them. I mean, it's a relatively small cost of doing business. I'm guessing uh, you know in terms yeah. of total revenue. That's my value system. And, you know, I can't ask my children or my boys or my daughters, you know, and my men to, to do anything differently than what I feel. So I feel like if I've disappointed you, fine, I, I won't ask you to pay for my work. Now, that being said, we hold a very high standard for our crews. So our guys know that, you know, slow down and get it right or we don't get paid. 
You know? Yeah. So. <laughs> but that's with anything, isn't it, Corey? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, so why not lead with it? Yeah. You know, if you guys aren't going to do it right, you are not going to get paid no matter, you know, no matter what kind of fine print or details are out there. Ultimately, at the end of the day, it comes down to, you know, did you do what was essentially right? Correct. And they're paid very well to, to get it right. And we get, you know, I buy the right kind of equipment, reliable tools and so forth. And we always allow it plenty of time to get the job done. So there's really no excuse for not getting it done right. Yeah. Back to the sales side of things. Are there, you know, competitors out there in your space that do require deposit? Are you kind of the exception to the rule on that? I think I'm the exception to the rule. Most everyone else uh, requires the deposit. Gotcha. Yeah. So I can see that being a very strong proposition with you. Hey, you know, no money up front. It's not going to cost you anything to get on board with us. And you've got the guarantee. If you're not happy with it, you don't pay anything. Do you incorporate that actual risk reversal into your marketing? Oh, yeah. I'm holding up a magnet right here. I don't know if the guys can see that, but that's a refrigerator magnet. And it just says the Bird Family Promise. And when... They get this magnet when they call and ask for the, a free evaluation, whether it's the crawl space or it's in the attic or their HVAC system, whatever I'm testing. And we, we just we lead with this and it goes on their refrigerator, whether they buy our services or not. So we're very much out front with all of that. Very upfront with that. Bob, can you go ahead and hold that magnet up once more here? I'm going to describe it because for the people out there that will eventually hear this on what is the podcast, this is actually being recorded live in a video. So a few of us that are watching this live stream in the Facebook group right now, and if you're not in the Facebook group, go join it. It'll be in the link somewhere below this podcast. You know, we all can see this at the moment, but when this is published, we can't. And it's a real simple magnet. It's a square, maybe three inches by three inches or so. size postcard size magnet. All right. So the camera kind of distorts the size a little bit, but it's very simple, white in nature. It has some larger black font saying my family promised to you picture of Bob and then some text. When you become our client, we stay in touch. Basically, you know, in a longer form, it says you don't pay us unless you're hundred percent satisfied. So and that's a refrigerator magnet. I'd guess you probably give that to everybody as soon as you meet with them, you know, for an estimate and you probably give out more of those you know, just kind of in general to contacts that you make around the community. Am I hearing you right on that? Yes, that's also on the back of our business cards. It's out there everywhere. Same thing, it's lettered on the side of my trucks, our cars, you know, and they and it's got my picture on it. I'm nobody, but they need, they people like to know, well, they need to know who's backing that up, you know, and they ask, are you the owner? And I say, no, I'm the dad. I'm just dad. <laughs> the families, the, the, our whole family owns this company. I'm dad. <laughs> yeah. Grandpa. So there's a lot of substance behind that. Uh, you know, it's so incredibly simple and it seems simple. like a huge risk. I mean, obviously, you know, it's called a risk reversal. You are taking the risk, but essentially it's, it's kind of like the give, give, give right hook or jab, jab, right hook type of thing there with Gary Vaynerchuk, who's quite popular these days. Okay. And that's essentially what it is. And you're winning the business by saying, Hey, we're going to make you happy. If not, don't pay us. And in Bob's experience there for 19 years, at least... He's only had two people that have actually flaked out on it. So that's pretty good. I, I'd say that even, well, I know personally, even among companies that are taking much bigger deposits, we've had more than two people in the last eight years flake out on stuff and, you know, create issues around payment and all that. So it's working out quite well for you there, Bob. It is. It is. I'm, pr I'm glad that we've done it. And a lot of people are still nervous about it, but it's just what we do. 
It's just what we you do. Rest. It's became such a core part of your business and it's worked out good for you. And I think it would work out good for, you know, nearly anybody else. So on that note, you have the whole family working in the business? Not all of them, but most of us do. Yes. Both of my sons, my oldest son now, that little eight-year-old that used to knock on doors, he's 27 and is out here. He's my operations manager. He runs everything in the field. All the men. Mm-hmm. All the so crew, you can just stay inside and do podcasts? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, something like that. And Chris, he's my youngest. He's 20 and he just graduated. He graduated. We had him dual enrolled while he was in high school through a, a trade school with HVAC. So he got his degree in heating and air, warm air service. So, and he's apprenticing. And so we hope to have an HVAC license here soon in our future. And then Savannah, she's 23 and runs our office. So that's the only birds. Those are the birds. Those are the birds. You know, how does that, I mean, just how does that work being a family dynamic there? Because at the end of the day, you guys still all have to see each other. It's not like at my office where, you know, we can go out and slam the doors on each other and we don't have to see each other until the next morning. Yeah, I heard the guy out in Denver, the painter in the, that podcast about two weeks ago. And he said, oh, my God, mm-hmm. it was, took me forever to get my mom off of my payroll, you know? Oh, wow. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, so how many times do you have to have the conversation, Dad, I need a raise or I'm going to quit? <laughs> yeah, well, you just give them benefits. You know, you give them a, you just buy a lift kit for the big Toyota truck or something. But you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They got the fancy vehicles, not me. But yeah, no, it's been great for us. Like I said, we have always been together in the ministry before this because we homeschooled, we traveled together, and it's just it's just that we played together. We when we vacation, we rent the biggest house on Jekyll Island that's available, and everybody comes and we rent it for two weeks. Two of my kids are married and have children. They all pile into the place. We're we're just one of those types of families where it's always worked out. Uh, Yeah, that's awesome. Because so many, as you know, are not in that same boat, you know, so that's cool to see that 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 works out for you guys. Are you planning on, you know, eventually transferring? I'd guess that you are going to exit the company at some point and hand it over to your son or, or your, I mean, I know you've got more than one son and, uh, you know, maybe at that point you guys will be, you know, the whole insulation and HVAC combo. That's the goal. That's the that's the destination, Corey. But yes, we're all the six of us. The six birds are all equal shareholders in the company. So there's all one uh, one sixth share of ownership. So and that's actually up for discussion right now that we change some of those percentages. Yeah, as far as our succession plan, Debbie and I, my, I married my high school sweetheart. We're looking to go RV and head around, take the grandkids, start touring, but I'll always be a marketer at heart. So I figure I'll always be tied into this thing and marketing and writing material for the website and so on. I love it. It's just what I do. Yeah. So going back to kind of the actual business side of things here, do you actually, do you work with any HVAC contractors to get referrals? I know you said that you had a lot of people that'll call you after the HVAC guy says, hey, everything is working right in this house. Uh, do you actually set up partnerships with any of them and say, hey, send them to us? And, and I'm I'm very generous as, as a temperament. I, I've worked and worked and worked with HVAC companies and paid for all their advertising. I've made deals with them back when they used to send cards out and do mailers, you know, the fall Mm -hmm. and the spring mailers for the seasonal maintenance. 
back in the early days, I made deals with them. Look, I'll pay for all your postage if you'll just let me put a little insert inside the envelope and advertising bird family insulation, and I'll give you 10% off of everything I sell. But these guys just did not want to do that. I only had uh, one company that let me do it twice. And then after that, I never heard from him. I'm thinking, what a deal. How come you don't want to do this? But I think it muddies the water. And if they get a homeowner that's a little confused, getting a second opinion about something, then they've lost a sale. And they're all about equipment sales. Make no mistake. I'm sure a bunch of them are listening right now or will be. So we, it's never worked out. Hmm. Yeah, it seems like it'd be such a good opportunity, but you know, I guess it has to work out on both ends. And there's something for some reason there, it just doesn't work out on their ends. It surely doesn't. Now we do a lot of diagnostic tests because we're a Georgia power contractor for the utility. And once you do, you get, that's the gateway into the big rebate money, which by the way is on its way out But this year. But uh, so we have had HVAC companies that were getting beat up at the kitchen table who contracted us just to do diagnostic audits that would then qualify their, you know, 17 SEER HVAC system to generate more rebates. And it gave them some leverage at the kitchen table with a, against a contractor who didn't have access to those rebates. Gotcha. Gotcha. But soon enough, you'll all just have that all pulled into one house. So you'll be able to just do the whole, do the whole thing. So that'll be awesome for you. So any other big plans coming up in the company besides that? Uh, yeah, we're looking to probably, uh, when we go with the HVAC, I want to focus on the mini split side of the HVAC industry. I'm not wanting to get out here and get all entangled, you know, with the big four stair systems. Uh, we'll always service ducts and so on, because that's a huge niche. Nobody wants to hug a duct, nobody. And I'm not even afraid of them taking my business because they won't. And that is arrogant. It's just, it's hard, hard, hard work. But ducks are such a big part of getting a home comfortable. That's going to be a big part of our future. The mini splits and, you know, rebuilding duck systems. Right on. So, so how do you find people to do this hard work? That's something that I always bring up in these, you know, in these podcasts, because it is incredibly difficult for all of us to find people to do the stuff that is hard. I mean, it's hard to get people to do anything at this point, you know, kind of with the current, you know, with the current economic climate and labor market, it's really hard to find anybody, but you know, you got any tricks up your sleeve for finding good people? Yeah. You know, we, of course, being faith-based, we're, we're at church quite a bit. So I get, you know, I get a lot of connections there and because of our work ethic, they pretty much know if they come to work here, what's expected. And then we've always been involved in athletics, coaching you know, children's and youth ball. And so after 16 years, my kids all grew up in that. And, and then my oldest son, Bo and I have coached together. We've been able to generate a lot of leads that way. And then we network through our homeschooling groups. And that's in the early days, all of my employees, 100% of them were young people. They were all just young people and with amazing work ethics, just amazing. So that's been where I've been getting mine, all networked in through those relationships. Just kind of networked in, yeah. And that's a big trend. And it's difficult for everybody that's just starting out in business because, well, you need employees and you don't have the network. So you want to go on to Craigslist or whatever the, you know, latest and greatest hiring site is. But ultimately, you know, what you guys see from me, Bob, and other people that have been on the podcast is that the actual, you know, awesome employees that we find 
come from in some way our network through the community, either through somebody that's been involved with our company before or currently works for us or someone that we've met and seen them and, you know, we're kind of familiar with them and we understand and know what their work ethic is going to be like once they come on board with us. Absolutely. You know, you, you got to pass the drug screens and all of that. And and then secondly, I'm in a, I'm in very affluent homes. I work for a lot of famous people in Atlanta. I mean, I mean, I mean, we're very well thought of here after 19 years and I just can't have an employee wandering around in somebody's house, you know, in well, no, rooms yeah. or rooms they no, don't have any business in. So yeah, you've got to have the cream of the cream. And of course you can't do that at 10 and $12 an hour. You got to pay these guys great money because it's a career for them. And we have to pass that on. So consequently, you know, we are a very expensive alternative to the Craigslist guys or the Chuck in a truck kind of contractor that's out there. We, we, we set that standard. We set that man message very soon in the conversation when folks call in. But two things to kind of point out, you know, when you compare yourselves to the Chuck in a truck, number one, you're not requiring any type of deposit, you know what I mean? Whereas probably those guys are, and you're operating in the niches where it's difficult for people to do the work or find anybody that will, you know? So you're kind of carving out the niche and then you're coming out there and saying, hey, we, you know, we have this guarantee. You don't pay us a dime unless you're totally happy. And you know what the Chuck and the Truck guys are doing? They are taking deposits guaranteed and likely not showing back up. So you got the winning formula there. Well, it helps also, Corey, you're right in line with this. It it helps also, uh, you know what implied third-party endorsement means. And when when they see the Georgia Power language and the other EMC languages around the metro Atlanta area, that's an implied endorsement. And all we have to do, and, and what we tell them is, look, if at any point during this relationship, that you're confused and you're not getting a comfortable answer that's satisfying your your needs right now, all you got to do is call your utility and they will get our attention because that's the last thing we want is to be dropped from a utilities program, you see? So yeah, that and all of these things require that your company has to operate at this level and your employees have to operate at this level, you know? And, and so that peace of mind is not free. It's not, you can't do this for $1.25 a square foot. You know, I'm three times that. You, you're going to be up here, but you asked earlier, how many jobs do we do? We, we stay busy. We, we average one and a half a day, five days a week. And we're, you know, we're actively, that's why I'm in your Facebook group. <laughs> and that's why I'm subscribing to your, what's that program? Connected. Connected contractor. Yeah. I mean, I'm in. Yeah. Because, I'm spending 10% of my income with Google AdWords and I need more leads. And, and I'm out here like everybody else screaming for leads. And then we're working to get our invoice, our average ticket size, and you know, bumped up and my closing rate bumped up. And I know exponentially as we do that at each level, then my bottom line is going to explode. Yeah. Well, I mean, aside from any marketing, you've got, sounds like you've got everything in place there, which is incredibly cool, man. You got the whole, you got it all worked up. You know, you've got that implied <laughs> third party endorsement. You've got the the money back guarantee. You've got the niches. I mean, yeah, you know, we're, when are we going to get the Bob Bird book that's going to replace Michael Gerber and Jay Abraham's book, you know, because, <laughs> you know, you, you've got three key metrics there that, it's you know, healthy. great marketing can't compensate for that stuff. You're my BFF today. 
Corey. <laughs> One of my, my lead sales guy, Jacob, is on me to trademark the term birdhouse because he said, but they call me Mr. Bob because I'm 61 mm -hmm. and yeah. I don't have anybody over 30, maybe, maybe one employee. And the thing is, is we do so much for these homes. Why don't we just finish doing everything? We, all we got to do is add windows and get your HVAC license and we'll call it a birdhouse. And we'll be responsible for all the systems in your house that take care of indoor air quality and comfort and efficiency and trademark it birdhouse you know i like it i like it and hold on hold on i'm sure that you've seen my post on talk triggers and the little owl we do yes you told there me you go that. and i told everybody at the supper table you got to help us come up with an owl something that we leave behind the birdhouse man just just hang hang a birdhouse somewhere on the property you that all ties it. right in together you got it the birdhouse yeah I need a logo. Get a bunch of birdhouses, leave them there and, you know, start taking pictures of them. Wherever, maybe, you know, ask the homeowners where they want it. Yeah, hanging on the front porch, hanging in a tree, oh tie it all goodness. in together. That's it. Corey, thank you. <laughs> I love yeah, that. Yeah, so for everybody for everybody out there listening, go look uh, go look at my piece on talk triggers that I've got on Home Pro <laughs> Success. It's in the Facebook group there. So there's no secret formula to coming up with a talk trigger. I think in the article I talk about how I got mine and sounds like Bob's just got his. So yeah, uh, he's off to the races with that. I have a uh -huh feeling we're gonna moment. be seeing a lot more birdhouse pictures on his Facebook page. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just gotta get a caricature or something. I gotta get that designed. Get a goofy Man. birdhouse or something, something just totally wacky, you know, and use that. I love that. I wrote it down. All right. I wrote it down. That's what I love about this Facebook group. Yeah, lots of good stuff in the Facebook group. So join that if you're not already in it. And on that note, we're kind of reaching our time limit here. So we're going to wind it on down. Bob, for anybody out there that wants to get in touch with you, why don't you tell our listeners how they can reach out to you if they have any questions on anything you said? Oh, my, I'd be humbled to help anybody. But yeah, it's simply Bob at birdinsulation.com. And yeah, do you need the phone number? No, we don't need your phone number. If anybody, if anybody needs your phone number, well, they can find you in the Facebook group and ask you that way, or they can come through to me. I don't put the email addresses in the show notes. So it's only for people that are listening because there's, you know, robots that will scrape your email address out there and you'll get tons of spam. So we don't do that. But uh, Bob at birdinsulation.com. And then of course, if you come in the Facebook group, you'll find a thread for this actual, you know, for this actual podcast. And uh, I'm sure if you just drop a comment in there, Bob will keep an eye on it and reach out to you. Yeah, we'll do our best. We sure will. You'll get Savannah and Savannah will hand it right off to me. <laughs> All right. Well, that sounds good. Bob, man, thanks for joining me on the show today. Corey, it's been a delight. It's been great. Thank you so much. You're welcome, man. Thank you. You've reached the end of another episode of the Home Pro Success Podcast. Connect with us and join our collaborative Facebook group at homeprosuccess.com.